Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television show. Fargo Talks Fargo is hosted by me, Bill Lempe, and my buddy Sharpie. Sponsors for this season of Fargo Talks Fargo are TAG, celebrating Fargo and the Midwest community through t-shirts, art, and graphics. For more information, visit tagfargo.com. And Fargo Brewing Company's Wood Chipper India Pale Ale with its bold hop flavor and velvety body. Grab a pint or visit them online at fargobrewing.com. All right, Sharpie, how you doing? Hey, now. So, first episode aired? First episode in the bank. Boom. Done. Yep. Pretty excited. So today we got Greg Carlson with us. Greg's an assistant professor and director of film studies and media activities at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota. Soli Deo Gloria, Greg. <laughs> Soli Deo Gloria to you. <laughs> Greg also writes for the High Plains Reader in the film section. Sorry for everybody. They're probably wondering what the Soli Deo Gloria thing is, but it's a, that's okay. It's a Concordia Cobber thing. It's a college whose mascot is corn. Right. Recently oh. named the, the best mascot. weird college mascot weird, in the weird country. Mascot. Yeah, weird, weird mascot. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. In one of those... BuzzFeed type <laughs> polls. Mm, nothing like clickbait. Top 18 <laughs> weird college mascots. <laughs> right. Jeez. It was, it was way up there. <laughs> so it happened. It's finally aired. Yes. No more preseason BS from us here at Fargo Talks Fargo. That's right. I finally got get... to watch a show over here on Pacific Time. <laughs> I was up to like four in the morning analyzing things. Thinking hard. Yeah. I yeah, in Colorado, hard. I bet you you were. That's was, dedication, though. I was in yeah. a crocodile's dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we did put out we did put out our new thing. We're we're gonna do some little little quick shows after the show airs every week, and we're calling it the hot dish. Yep. So that'll I be fun. I didn't get a chance to make a hot dish before tonight's show, but I will next week. Next week, I will make a hot dish. That's what we should do. Every guest should be able to come have some food and have a hot dish. Yeah, it's happening. Crumple some, crumple some potato chips on that thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know exactly good. what I'm doing. Crock we'll pots. save it for next week. It's like what Joe Riley said, episode one, crock pots and cream and, of mushroom soup. Yeah. The new sponsors. Yeah. So yeah, and we got so Greg's here to uh add add some class to the act. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that, but but thanks for inviting me. It's exciting. I, I think John Lamb's a tough act to follow though. He he was he had some strong premonitions that have already started to come true. That's yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because he he said, kind of stabby. He did. <laughs> one of my favorite things that's been said on the show so far, and it's slightly insensitive due to the murders here that have been stabbing. But first murder of the show, with the exception of I froze to death murder, right? which is a really just a murder of neglect, really. You know? mm. Well yeah. played, though, still. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you knew his, uh, I mean, we're kind of getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but you knew Lauren Malvo's killer instinct uh, by just like neglecting that, you know, mark, he knew full well that the mark was going to be achieved. Yeah. Anyway. So coming back to John Lamb. Yeah. Stabby. Right. We, got, we had a stabbing. He, and he was, predicted a really high body count. And he, he said there were seven, right, in the movie? Yeah. And, and we're, already at, we're already at four. four. <laughs> it's, it is Fargo's Red Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of comments like, uh, who's going to be left by the end of like the fourth episode, you know? Everybody's just going to I think die. it's pretty obvious who's not going to be left, uh, at least for some people. I mean, yeah. you can kind of... I think they did a really... I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll back up. We'll get there. 
uh, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about this show title? We we wanted to talk about breaking down. I mean, the show was called, the episode was called The Crocodile's Dilemma, correct? The Crocodile's Dilemma, yep. So, what up with that? Well, let's get right into the crocodile. The crocodile's <laughs> <Quacodiles. laughs> okay, you go Dilemma. It. For those who aren't familiar, uh, there's a lot of paradox, you know, type stories and and fables out there that sort of describe these these weird dilemmas that characters get into. Uh, the crocodile dilemma is one, I believe it's from Greek uh, sort of mythology, but I don't know. My sources are the internet. I know the internet tends to not lie, so I'm just going to say this is 100% <laughs> true. The internet um, is never wrong. <laughs> um, the crocodile's dilemma is an interesting story about a crocodile who basically kidnaps a baby from its parents and the dilemma comes from well the crocodile will say hey i'm going to give you back and thus not eat your baby if you can correctly predict whether or not i'm going to return your baby um so that's sort of the start of the whole thing um the this is i'm I'm sort of catching this is off of wikipedia because it has the most clear explanation um but the transaction is smooth if the parents guess that the baby will be returned. But the dilemma comes into play if the parents guess that the baby will not be returned. So in the case that the crocodile decides to keep the baby, he violates the terms because the parents guess that, they, that the baby would not be returned. So right. he would then have to return the child. But then if he returns the child, then the parent's guess is false. And so he should keep it. It, it gets really kind of confusing, and I don't know if that's making oh, sense Oh, does it? <laughs> Who's so, on first? So if he keeps it, then he would you know, be able to eat the baby. But in theory, then he would eventually have to give the baby back unharmed. So that's obviously not possible. So, so what the is? crocodile is in a dilemma. So the question is, when it comes to Fargo, who is the crocodile? Uh, who or what is the baby? And who or what is the parent? Yeah. Let's so I think, I, think, I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious that the Lauren Malvo is the crocodile. I don't right? think it's right? obvious. Uh, I mean, you I've don't? been like racking my brain on this. He's All just evil long. enough to pull off the crocodile. He's I mean, just I got think longer arms. I, I think that you logically want to assume that Lorne is the crocodile because he's this sort of dark, malicious character. I, uh, is that true? I don't know. Is is Lester the crocodile? Um, so all these theories have been going through my head. Like, for example, if Lester is the crocodile, then what is? The baby is the baby his basically his dignity his manhood uh because clearly his wife owns his manhood and his dignity you know what i'm saying so that's not his so assume the baby that's his manlyhood is 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 the wife's like you know it's she's the guardian of his manlyhood okay yeah. uh and so by him being the crocodile, he's sort of taking that back. Um, and we're kind of skipping to the 
washing machine washing machine scene when he fixes the the washing machine he literally says i'm a man so is that him now taking his dignity back and saying now this is mine and i'm taking it for me and you can't have it back unless you know you can admit that i'm a man or not is that the case um where then she says you're not a man i mean she literally says yeah, that she does she does um he, so he says I'm a man. She literally says I'm not. You're not a man. And then I think I mean we know what happens. He smashes over the head with a ball <laughs> peen hammer. Pops her <laughs> head. Um, an, which was by the way, that's a great visual moment, wasn't? Oh not? my god! Just yeah. the the sound, the the framing of it, and the look on that actress's face. Yeah, because everybody's kind of wondering, like, did it really happen? Like, yeah. did there that a, just happen? And as well as Lester, as Lester is just like, did that yeah. really happen? Yes. There was an incredibly audible <gasps> at the Fargo Theater where it aired. Was there? 870 people were in a room. Because there's that split there second like where oh. everybody's like in a state of disbelief. They saw it, but did it happen? And now the couple seconds are going by where everybody's sort of trying to catch up. And yeah. you see that blood trickle down. And you're like, yeah. holy shit, this is going down. So then <laughs> is that is this continuing the dilemma where that now he's taken his dignity but then in turn kind of losing it because now he's murdered his wife and i think you're onto something because lester we we see him become not just a murderer but he has to cover his tracks so he's got to become a really good liar in a short period of time exactly that was that was the turn for me too when you you when he when you say that when he he immediately I feel like we're skipping over a bunch of stuff that we could right. we'll go, we'll here, get but, back we'll get back so we'll get back but uh but yeah when he when he gets the phone number calls Lauren yeah <laughs> a nice comedic moment when he gets the front desk and yes. it's like just freak out <laughs> I did something really bad here <laughs> <laughs> front but desk. that but was good I I honestly didn't see the the part coming where he was rehearsing for the whole oh. What'd you do, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, Sharpie and I did have a little pre-chat, and he pointed out that that was exactly you know there's there was a lot of really nice tie-ins to the Coen Brothers film. Yes, the scene where Jerry Lundegaard is in the kitchen doing the phone calls. Yeah, Wade, Wade, Wade and Jerry, Wade, Wade, Wade's Jeter. Right, it's my wife. Wade, it's, it's my wife. Wade. Well, that was one other thing too <laughs> that I don't know if you have talked about it yet, but the the inspirational parallels to the Coens, like which, you know, it's people have been talking a lot about which characters correspond with which characters from the film. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that has made Lauren more of a mystery because he's, he's kind of the most stand on his own creation for the show. I mean, yeah, he's not, he's, he's not Steve Buscemi. No, because we know that those guys are going to be embodied by the Adam Goldberg that they, yes. they've got they've got two they've characters got coming pair in. yeah of, a pair of, a pair of killers yeah and then i i still haven't so, figured out where key and peel fit in but that's yeah. that's another show for another so time. on that note let's bring it back to the beginning um and i think we we can come back to this crocodile's dilemma in just keep a it few in minutes. mind yeah definitely um, keep that in mind that's let's that's start back at the beginning the uh kind of step through what's going on here and i think we'll kind of you know let the crocodile's dilemma be a theme throughout the show but we start out um with Lauren smashing into, well, we start out with Lauren driving in the vehicle. 
Yeah. And you hear some audible sort of thumping coming from the trunk. I haven't uh-huh. pinpointed what's on the radio yet. I don't know if you guys have. I've been trying to figure it I out. Didn't. I didn't uh, figure it out. But I'm hoping to get to that by the end of the podcast season. Uh, we'll, we'll just see if that happens. But I kept thinking about Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was waiting for him to just yep. stab somebody and then uh, Tony Bennett would... <laughs> Right. Thought I go from rags to riches. Exactly, just rings in. It's one of my favorite movie openings ever. It's awesome. Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a good. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, anyway, so, I kept thinking, "Oh, he's gonna stab him." I was like, "Oh wait, this isn't Goodfellas." But <laughs> Lauren's driving down the road. It's a deer. Something that very many Midwesterns are familiar with. <laughs> I will say, props, props to TV for willing suspension of disbelief in the most graceful dismount from a road while hitting a deer ever yeah <laughs> it was like a grand arcing it was a beautiful usually when you hit a deer shit goes everywhere there's yeah. a lot of splattered deer sometimes <laughs> and you and you 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 go into the road a little rougher than that how many just make deer... sure to cut out those back straps will before you yeah how, how many deer were in the in the scene how, was there, it just a pair there were two was, i think pair which by the Be- way is kind of how it goes yeah uh-huh. if there's one in real life there's always deer. another that's why yeah. I, that's usually my tip that I go by when playing Call of Duty. If I kill one guy, <laughs> be, there's always another ready. guy around the corner. Did we just derail to like an IGN podcast? <laughs> Cuz someone had had posted that they thought there was more that there were a lot of deer, but my my eyes I just thought I saw I only a saw pair. two. They and, don't travel in herds like gazelle right. or anything. Unless there was a smattering of them. I guess I have the I You have can you can here. reference it here and see. Should we should but, we see what's going on? Let me hear the Back playback. It up just the and while you're doing that, I think we could bring up the question that a lot of people. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Well, people wanted to know why why would Lauren put the deer in the trunk? Right. Waste Where? not, want not, North Dakota, Minnesota right. style. There's one, one two, two. Well, we. It's probably the it's probably the second one. The way it's cut together. Yeah. The way, if you go back to review that scene, Heaven only knows. it's possible. Can we get an There's replay? at least two. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, what scene is under so, review? So we, we talked about uh, Lauren's cool character. The guy goes running off, and he's just got this thing about him that just says, nah, F it. It's, <laughs> it's cold. He's that not, guy is, He's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. He's in his Grundies. But... Which just shows in his confidence as a killer, you know. He's uh, yeah. I was like, well, he's is did he? He's got this mark. He doesn't even bother to chase it down because he knows that this guy's in his underwear. We're in forty below weather. He's not gonna make it. I don't even need to waste my time. But he then spends his time putting his deer in a trunk, in a car that he inevitably you know abandons. At the same time, I have to admit, a little, a little teeny part of me says he seems to have a tad bit more care for what's happening to the deer than the gentleman who's running away in his underwear. That's the way right. he kind of looks at it. He doesn't, he doesn't look at it like, no. He's just like, oh. And he obviously took some care to put it in the trunk instead of just leaving it out in the cold. What, I don't know. An, I don't know what do you think? Do you think that he, when you said, when you said that he, he, immediately knew that the guy was not going to make it or was it just that i i kind of pictured this possibility that that lauren is sort of fatalistic because that clue that comes up later when they say that well this the guy they they assume that the the guy in his underwear was the driver yeah but he didn't have a head injury nope um it was like lauren lauren we know is a smart guy he he could have made it look more like 
the guy in the underwear was the driver of the car if he wanted to. He sure. seems to be, because uh, now that we're getting this deep about some of it, we're cutting around here, but he seems to just, he seems to want to taunt everything. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, he's, he's picking a fight with the world in a way. That yes. sounded really stupid right after it came out of my mouth. <laughs> I apologize. Lorne Malvo picking a fight with picking the world. In a world mm-hmm. where Lorne Malvo. No, he just, but I mean, all the way from the, the kid pissing in the gas tank. Hilarious. To, to that call, was a great to call guy. and asking for the older brother. He does have and, a sense of humor, though. That I mean, the 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 gas tank moment is is pretty great. Yes, He's, that he 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 can ease. It shows also how skillful he can be pitting someone against another person just with with a quick. And he only seems turn. to do it to people who are assholes. <laughs> yeah, that's you right. Know, mm-hmm. You know, so both those kids are assholes. You know. And he doesn't have Sam like Hess's a... kids are both assholes, and he's like, let's mess with them. And the lady at the front desk of the mot- the Notel Motel is a a turd, so let's mess with her. He doesn't really have like a killer sort of uh, stature. He doesn't really look. I mean, definitely Billy Bob Thornton has been in a lot of roles where he looks a little bit more manly. In this role, I think he looks a little bit smaller and. You know, he doesn't look like a strong, intimidating guy. So he's proving that he can he can get done what he wants to get done through manipulation, uh, yeah, and using brains over brawn. And he's and he seems to be wanting to impart that knowledge to Lester somehow. Right, exactly, um, because he sees you know Lester's the same way. He's a very he's a petite man. You know, I've obviously Martin Freeman is known for playing a hobbit, but. Even in these scenes, you see kind of how small he is. Even compared to his wife, he's just a little guy. Yeah, and he well, and I think Lauren sees that and no, and is trying to prove to Lester that he's trying you to can, put the tiny deer, as known as Lester, in the trunk of his. <laughs> or or another and possibility right off into the distance is that is that Lauren has an ulterior motive that that well. I think one of you asked the question, why would Lauren go to the hospital? Right. It just seems and you at, have to, it's incongruous. And through the trailers and stuff I was that I was watching, I was like, oh man, this Lauren's going to be such a badass. Um, so immediately, like right within like six minutes of the first episode, they're in the hospital. And immediately what went to my mind was, okay, this guy, I know just through trailers and stuff, which I know I'm not supposed to like make any, I'm, I'm supposed to just pretend that doesn't exist, but uh, I know that this guy's going to be the badass, but why is he in a hospital? Why is he in a hospital? He's obviously a killer. Uh, he obviously is some sort of, he's some sort of hit man or, you know, conniving motherfucker. Uh, but why is he in a hospital for like, a tiny ass head injury, something that is barely visible. Like you wouldn't think that he would expose himself. Not only that, right? It would link that. him to this crime, right? So you think scene. that'd be something that he would just sort of like, you know, all right, my head hurts, but he's, I'll just pop some Advil and I'll be on my way to the next, you know, mark. Um, but as the show went on, even through the final scene, my thought was that's exactly what Lauren Malvo would do because he doesn't care. He it, right. he knows he can get his way out of anything, and that's just how he's playing it. Like he, for all we know, he went to the doctor's office and said, 
oh yeah, I got this bump on my head because I was trying to murder a guy. I put him in my trunk and I ended up hitting a deer and crashing and then walked out of the doctor's office. Well, and does it have to do with the fact that he never got to finish what he was going to do with that guy? So now he's like, well, I better go find myself another murder adventure. Because what popped into my mind is that he was looking for a a Lester type mark to cover some other thing that we haven't watched unfold. Yeah, we don't know. Now that's an interesting point of view. So we're we yeah we're also kind of missing. So so I know we're yeah we're getting ahead. So let's 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 go on the light side for a minute. Uh, Okay. They're in (laughs) the hospital. In there's a sign in the background. You know, this department (laughs) this way. EKG, you know, this way. Trauma. I casualty. <laughs> Arrow pointing that way. Yeah, for the doctors and nurses out there, are there departments and wings specifically in hospitals for eye casualties? <laughs> it did seem strange. Yes. Like a, like it was meant to be a gag. It wasn't like neurology, you know, right. fucking this over here, that over here. It was just eye casualty. So... Do you have an eye that died? <laughs> Go this way. <laughs> yeah. You got an arrow. Did you, you know, lose an eye? Typical, that's typical around here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got a crossbow in the eye. So uh, a very awesome, like, seven to t- eight-minute conversation goes on between who we now get, know as It gets Lester. us to the point where I kind of said when we had a little light discussion pre-show that I think this scene is where right. the actual crocodile dilemma have, takes place. Yeah, you have an awesome theory about the crocodile's dilemma, and this is, is where your theory takes place. So please so this take is, us this into is that. This is where it actually happens because okay. Lauren as the crocodile. Okay. I don't think he's necessarily stolen Lester's child slash pride slash manhood slash pencil dick whatever but he's made it obvious that it's but he's not there. His. he is there and if he isn't the one who stole it he's at least the narrator of the story saying there hey, you go that's here's a the good deal. way to put it the world has dealt you a shit hand and they're gonna eat your pride your everything and until you do something about it be a man step it up and answer the question of what you want to do about the situation. And the question is, it's all about Sam Hess. Asshole on the man, asshole on the street. <laughs> Who, by the <laughs> Sam way, S. never lays an actual hand on him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he, he jacks up his nose by running it into the glass. You know, Sam Hess, yeah, the guy's a dick, but he didn't actually, he doesn't actually punch him. Anyway, so the question, the question is, well, yeah, what are you going to do? And then, Lester never, he answers it, but he never answers it. So the nurse shows up and says, well, here, so I've kind of just like randomly picked a spot in this conversation. I didn't actually pre-roll this and listen, but we're going to play it. Let's take a look. If he bullies you again in front of his children, this is a man who doesn't deserve to draw breath. Yeah, okay, but uh, here's the thing. No, that is the thing. Well, heck. So that's the question. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. But what am I supposed to do? So here he is. He's heck, stuck. He's dilemma. stuck in the maybe twisting turn of the crocodile's dilemma. That's awesome. I love the idea that the crocodile's narrating the story. You're asking me to kill this man. No, that was. So here's the, the other I, question. I was joking. And the answer Mr. is. Mr. Nygaard. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, 
One, one second. We, 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 we're just two fellas talking, right? We're just blowing up steam. Sir, it's real busy. Like I said, one second. Sam. Yes. No, just, just one second. That is not. Sir. Just one word. Yes. Yes or no? Or no. Sir, I'm going to give you a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there it is. So he answered it, right? And then, of course, we come to a scene later where he says, I, I didn't say yes to that. And, and then Lauren says, you didn't say no either. Right. So to me, is, that is the crocodile's dilemma and I laid, think out in might this, be laid out in this episode. Right. I mean, that was an intense, you know, that was a deep scene. Um, and you see, you hear the uh, the theme music start to come into play. So you kind of you kind of cued to like, hey, there's some shit going down here. And it's the crocodile, yeah. the crocodilian Lorne Malvo, hmm. easing his way into the life of Lester. So, what do you like think on snake. that, Greg? Do you think? Do you think, think? Do you think we're on to something? Yeah, here? I think. I think so. I think that you have kind of a uh, a yin and yang with with Lester and Lorne. That that less there because by the end of that first episode, I know I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but they're both. L- Lester has become like the pupil. Of, right. of Lauren. Like he's figured out how to be manipulative because he makes it look like a home invasion. He was, you know, he's practicing thinking that he might be able to turn the tables and blame it all on Lauren. Mm-hmm. And Lauren, of course, disappears because he's, he's skillful at it. So I like that. I like he's that aspect. He's the samurai in Lester. Right. Yes. And, you know, I think the thing too is when you sit there, I, I had a moment where I thought, how, how is it he likes this guy so quickly? Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. so it's quick enough that he goes, he goes to that where, where he finds him at the diner or whatever and talks to him and is like, hey, oh, okay, um, what, what'd you do? Did you do it? And uh-huh. I think the thing there is, is that I walked away from the show thinking, how come no one would do that? And then I thought, they didn't introduce one person on the entire show who was Lester's friend. Right. Or mm. champion. His wife thinks he's, yeah. well, if you were a better salesman, I'd buy a better tie. His brother thinks he's just a, a, right. a constant mm-hmm. screw up. Uh, his, his boss. His boss is just nothing. Nothing's going for this guy. Mm-hmm. There's just a slow burn yeah. that this guy's just going out on, and he's, he's going to be a dying ember in the fire until, he, until Lauren shows up and sparks this thing where and it says the gorilla speech where he's yep. like just, yeah, it's only through transforming into this monster, into this gorilla, that Lester's gonna, you know, become truly alive. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of like a like a Walter White type. That's right. Possibility. It's the Heisenberg thing. transition where yeah. he realizes what if he's Should right we, and everybody else is wrong. Should we pay oh, attention the poster, to the color the of Lester's shirts? <laughs> I just I I like that poster. <laughs> the blood, the blood splattered poster. <laughs> it is such an odd poster. I love, I love the message, but I'm kind of having a hard time placing it in that yeah. home a little bit. Well, it just seems like no it's not. A how, did, how did it get? How did it get in the house? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. How did it get in there? Because they obviously there's there's no children, right, in the mix. It's like so. Why do they have like this poster that would be some sort of like conformity school BS that uh-huh. you'd see somewhere about like follow the pack. <laughs> Yeah. Dedication. Yes. 
So teamwork. So that's us. That's us getting pretty deep. I think though. I feel like we should. Uh, well, maybe... I think that's why you're tuning into the show. Yeah, too. absolutely. But we got to remember this is this is the this is the Cohen brothers, right? This is the Cohen zone. I mean, like you're in the Cohen zone. <laughs> before that super heavy scene, there's like a moment, like literally a minute before it, where he's like, "Are you serious?" And there's like they cut to Lauren's just face, and he's like, just giving him this like straight glare that's funny. And I mean, the entire theater broke out in laughter uh-huh. about it. And that that's the thing they 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 grace all these really really dark things. It's it's like the Grim Reaper holding a funny balloon sometimes. Exactly. Well, you have you haven't <laughs> talked yet about the the experience of the premiere at the Fargo Theater. We're going to cover that a little yeah. later. I okay. Think. Okay. Because that's key. That. That's that's a key thing that I think that people. That's what I would want to hear. Yeah. A little bit about. And we talked to Tad about it last night on the Hot Dish, and we'll cover a little bit a little bit more tonight, but. Uh, so that's the that's the that's the real setup of the crocodile's dilemma, though. The whole show yep. is this question that get asked that gets asked of Lester, and Lauren shows up as either the actual crocodile or just a representative narrator who is here to just say, "Look at this, dude. The world is asking you this question. The world, the crocodile, the something. Mm-hmm. And what what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna answer that? And I'm not only is he narrating it, but he's gonna facilitate." Yeah, right. Yeah. Those answers. <laughs> I think. But it's who knows? Exciting. I mean, who knows? By next week we'll be we'll sit down and be like, God, what the hell were we talking about last week? <laughs> yeah, we'll be on to the on to the next thing. Yeah. Sure. But I think it was I thought it was a great first first show. And uh with that, I'm I'm gonna break into our first sponsor break here. Okay. Just for a minute. Because we wouldn't be able to do this show without the help of two businesses located here in Fargo, North That's Dakota. A fact. That you should totally be checking out. If you're even in the region, you'll, you'll be able to like check these guys out. Fargo Brewing Company, they have a wood chipper IPA. It is super awesome. They make it, it's like their, their flagship beer that they started brewing from day one. It has two pounds per barrel of dry hops. It's a really balanced IPA. And it's, not only is it a velvety body with waves of citrus and pine, <laughs> it goes right down into my belly super, super well. Yeah. And, uh. Last night, they had $3 pints in their tap room. It was fantastic. You can pick them up in Fargo. You can pick them up uh, out in the Lakes area, out by Bermidji, probably. You know, maybe they need to get into Duluth. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm. we, we can't thank them enough for doing that. And to find out more about Fargo Brewing, you need to go to FargoBrewing.com and check them out. And if yep. you uh, hear the podcast and you just, when you go in to buy a beer somewhere, if you go to the tap room, tell them we sent you. Yep. Boom. Or you could go to FargoTalksFargo.com and click on Fargo Brewing so that, you know, we get a little oh, cred. Yeah. Little little link action. It's link bait yeah. in the simplest of ways because <laughs> we only have two links. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe we should talk a tad about the, uh, or, or do we need to, I know what Matt wants to, Sharpie wants to, to hear, he really wants to hear this, I know. They're, uh. Lester's heading into the house. Here you go, buddy. That's the stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Took the whole team down to Duluth, too. Oh, yeah. Big spread at the Marriott. Oh, I always want to stay there. Oh, yeah, it's real sweet. King's the ham looks so sickening, the too. The ham sounds. The boss took me out for dinner. Just the two of them. Steak big as a catcher's mitt. Is it jazz? We're going places in this world. 
There you go. I just had to play that for Sharpie because he wanted to meet. What, what is what is Lester's? Uh, he has a a, a a gag line there. Oh, does he like go if, to yeah? He says something. His he has a witty okay. comeback to his brother. Corner office. Yeah, real good. And him, your younger brother. <laughs> yeah, I said I heard. Vice President Sales, Midwest region. Mm-hmm. But this round sound to celebrate. I mean, it's pretty sweet, huh? You're gonna have to marry that. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there you go. And then he comes. He Side comes back Rachel with the Ray. Rachel Ray. Side <laughs> on Rachel Ray. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm going to interject as the as the food critic of Fargo. Um, not Fargo. Who doesn't live here anymore? I'm going to be the official food critic of the Fargo TV show. Because uh, you'll notice a lot of the things that I notice are going to be food related, just because I'm really into that kind of stuff. I pretty much can guarantee that Rachel Ray has never said to massage a ham to provide a more juicier ham. You never know. Uh, I just don't think that's true. (laughs) If you want some ham tips, you can come to... Okay. Sharpie, (laughs) how often do you watch Rachel Ray? You want to talk about it? You know, I mean, Rachel and I go back. You do? Yeah. I would point out that there is a casserole dish, a classic ceramic hot dish, uh, (laughs) right right on the granite countertop in that scene. Not to mention round balloons that are funny. In the Look, if you want a juicy circulate. ham, just uh, just don't overcook so, it. That's the key. Yeah. If you want juicy hams, hamstrings, then maybe just it, you know. It literally looks like he's been rubbing bit. that thing long enough for it to have turned into pink slime. But <laughs> so we saw the balloons, we saw the croc thing. Can we talk a, like a little bit real quick about some funny funny stuff we noticed in episode in the episode and see if people caught it? And if they didn't, they need to go back and check that out. Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I did notice at the hospital that he's drinking Fago. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, grape, grape. So- grape yeah. soda. Because isn't, Fag- isn't Fago the soda of the insane clown posse? It is. It is the, the ICP's official <laughs> soda. Soft, dr- soft yeah, drink soft of choice. Greg knows. Except, it, except it's he's or- in the posse. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, ICP for life. I think uh, I'm. I'm really the, glad you wore the makeup tonight. Too. Uh, we need maybe we yep. need to get a snapshot of this. But but there don't they go? I, I could be wrong, but I thought that they they were strictly orange flavored. I I, I think you're right. I'm, actually, I don't know <laughs> but, if I want to like give credence to that by admitting. But that you know, I know what? Why? So if the, the show wanted might to be go, the anti posse, if the anti ICP. Yeah. Well, maybe they, they, if they wanted to go all the way, wouldn't they have picked what's like the most regional soda? Isn't like Shasta? Shasta. Wouldn't Shasta, Shasta be? Would be getting, Actually, although uh, now okay. it's something else, I can't remember what. But we're probably all, uh, <laughs> you know, hardcore. <laughs> right. There's that. Like, we're, uh, we're looking for like super cool brand. or whatever. Super chill. Super, super chill. There you go. Super yeah. chill. Yeah. If you're gonna, at least if you're, is that a that that's what you'd get in like Hornbachers? That, yeah, that's right. probably a super value brand. So it's probably something. a super yeah a super yeah. Hornbacher of uncle of Scott Hornbacher fame, right? Right. Or not uncle. Yeah, that's his uncle. Yeah, Is he the probably, connection yeah. to Mad Men through right. little known people who don't know Scott Hornbacher, producer of Mad Men, right? I believe he's, yeah, producer of is, a number of is, HBO. And Sopranos. Morehead. Soprano, started on The Sopranos. Morehead resident. Graduate, yeah. right? Yeah. Morehead, just across the river, river from Fargo. Yeah. Matt, you had a pretty good spot while you were watching a pretty good, holy crap, was that what I just thought I saw? Uh, yeah, well, I was um, I was sort of peering into the the video screen, trying to see what Sam Hess's license plate said, uh, which was Mother Trucker, by the way, on his on his H T 
two Hummer or whatever. Yeah. Um, Minnesota license plates, mother trucker. So while I was like focusing on that, I was watching with my girlfriend, Clara, and she actually spotted the a very well-placed wood chipper just outside in the parking lot of the Lucky Penny Strip Club, which Sam Hess was going to on his way to. And she was oh, like, oh, yeah, big boy. Is that a wood chipper in the parking lot? Like, who places a wood chipper there? Well, Claire's actually never seen Fargo, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, that is an amazing catch. Like, they, there would like not really, be a wood chipper really in the random. parking lot of a strip club. So that's obviously an ode to the original movie. Right. right. Um, he's, and maybe he's... some sort of, like, foreshadowing, because we know Sam has his fate now. Uh, perhaps they were saying, you know, Sam Hess is getting the wood chipper. You know, I'm I'm paused on that frame, and I the thing I can't figure out is it doesn't appear to be like I can't. It seems to be maybe hooked up to the back of a truck. I'm you sure. Can see the back. You can yeah. see like the back bumper. A... So somebody's hauling it around. It's a yellow wood chipper, just like the one in the uh, the, the classic Fargo. If you've film. got the show uh, DVR, or if you've got it downloaded at home, uh, check that. Check out. it right out. It's pretty much right at exactly 30 minutes into the show. There's a wood chipper at the Lucky Penny. Yeah. So that other, was a good one. The other catch you got was was that was it at the diner or Yeah, uh, well inside the diner that uh, Lester meets Lorne. Uh, after 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 Hess gets uh Yeah. After a after bunch Hess of gets stabbed activities. while he's stabbing the stripper with his <laughs> his his not pencil dick. There is yeah, there is a sign, which is kind of a funny sign as well. I mean, as if the wood chipper wasn't a little bit out of place. This is like just as much out of place. Uh, just enough to know, just enough to show you that, hey, this is like a shout out because on the sign of this diner is this chalkboard and it just says, you know, the special is white Russians. Now, I mean, that could be a special in a diner, but typically it's going to be, you know, like two eggs and two, you know, hotcakes. It's not going to be white Russians. Um, so that could have been a shout out to the big Lebowski. I would have been more obvious if it was a Caucasian, but it might be a little weird to put. Caucasian on a chalkboard in a diner. Yeah. Either but anyway, I found the frame time. and it says, yeah, special white Russian 495. And it's very obviously a drink because you can see the layers yep. in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like opposite. It, there's like some sort of dish sitting there. It's not not average, uh, what I would call average fare for a, a diner in a small mm-hmm. town, especially in Bemidji. <laughs> Lots of things in Bemidji um, that I can tell you aren't there. <laughs> Another one might be uh, Wade's Jewelers. In the background? In yeah. In the background. And I don't know if that's a shout out to Wade from the Fargo movie, but it caught my eye just because of the name Wade. Wade's Jewelers was downtown in Bemidji. Yeah. Bemidji. So that's that's what, what's going on with that. And then last last night we had the big the big hullabaloo. Here in town, the, yeah. Uh, the, so we you mentioned touched this base in the hot a little dish. bit on that on the hot dish, but yeah. So if you didn't hear the hot dish, we'll we'll, we'll skim this. We won't get, we won't go into some major breakdown. But uh, they aired the TV show on the uh, on the movie screen at the Fargo Theater in downtown Fargo on Broadway. It's got the big marquee that says Fargo on it, and you, there's any given day there's somebody standing in front of it from out of town taking a picture in right. front of it. I think saying, it's it's widely considered the most. Photographed thing in the city of Fargo. Yeah, probably the most photographed thing in the state. Possibly, possibly, yeah. But uh, we went and got in line there a little early, and there was already a huge line. And like 30, 40 minutes before 
eight o'clock, which was when the social hour started, or cocktail hour is more like it. With, with bars, right? They had bars on. Yeah, on they hand. did. They had bars and cookies that you could buy. But uh, yeah, they packed it in eight full house, eight hundred and seventy people. Amazing. It was, uh, it was steamy in there, but it, it was very, very well received, and I didn't see except for one part, there was a point where, okay, he's nailing a stripper uh, and he gets stabbed in the back of the head. And, but the, uh, I, I ball peen hammered my wife in the head and then went a little gonzo <laughs> afterwards just for fun. I love too while he's doing it. Six, he's just like, oh geez, six, like I shouldn't be doing this, but yeah. I just, I'm, oh, I'm going to keep going. So oh. Yeah. <laughs> there, right after that scene happened, uh, there were what I could only categorize as six to seven church basement ladies that exited directly after that wow. scene. Wow. I don't oh, know if it really? had to do with That's the like, time of the night though. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it was a little too late. For you them. wonder if it was history repeating itself because yeah. that when that was the conversation in '96 when people saw the original movie, thinking this is not a representation of my city, and you know it it was it had all this kind of murder and mayhem, and uh, and there was I think that that persists to this day that people people feel. You know that they reluctantly there. There's a certain generation that's reluctantly embraced the movie Fargo because they they don't they don't want to kind of tag into the weirdness. Yeah, they're okay it. with it. They just kind of yeah. They kind of realize we've gotten a lot of mileage out of it here in town. Yeah, why stop now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's they just like, need to go. It's all these the millennials and the me generation. They're just happy to have people and focused just, on them and what they're doing. That's why I think John Lamb on this show was so right to anticipate that the 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 body count is going to be much higher than the movie in <laughs> the ten in the ten episodes. Is that, is that a product of our time? Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's, that, that's it's why just, we had the whole. We have to have more. Who's, who's going to have more dead people? Because always I more, I, just more, use, more, more. Justified. More yeah, and faster. Right. Cause, I guess because episode I... we didn't say this yet, but it was it was a four four person body count yeah. on on the premiere on the pilot. Or yeah, we did say it, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. On this, I, I well, we're I telling you again. Okay. Well, here it is. Yeah. Listen up. Yeah. Snack attack. Because so, really, and, and but we didn't we didn't break down those four deaths because I wanted to make sure that that to hear from you and Sharpie about the the death of the police the police chief okay let's, that one was let's, that was amazing so let's break this we'll let's uh, let's all agree to skip uh frozen guy right although i have to admit i wondered what'd you do yep what did you do to get on this guy's radar you know so we're talking deaths yeah. and so he's on the radar and you're dead okay so uh, whatever frozen guy gone so he's kind of he's sort of dead partially by Lauren's hand, but Lauren doesn't have to do anything to let him death, death freeze. by omission. Yeah, sort of. And we all know why Sam Hess died because he's a douche canoe. Douche he canoe took a, and took a knife to the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very surprised. Um, there was a lot. There was a certain amount of oh, when he's just banging her from behind. <laughs> you know, just a lot of like. <laughs> oh and, yeah. Her yeah, her oh yeah, big her guy delivery. Her line I delivery did love the uh, the crystal method playing right away. Like I was totally unexpected to to be watching Fargo and the crystal method 
the Crystal Methods triple like I do plays immediately once they get into that strip club. Uh-huh. And I, I, maybe it's because like that album, 1996 like, or seven that came out, and it just like, I mean, I'm watching this in the middle of the night for like the third time. It's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like dozing off now. And as soon as the Crystal Method came, there it was. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> this? <laughs> oh, yeah. If you I could only see Sharpie song. Jam right now. <laughs> Here it is. Huh? Remix! Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. DJ yeah. Fargo. Oh, yeah. 2014. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, okay, so here's another, to me, as a little tie back, is... Uh, we got to come back to Greg's talk about dead people thing for a minute. His uh, sixth sense moment. Um, Wait, what? I talk about dead people. Um, that's my dead? second sixth sense joke in this show. I promise, no more. Uh, we Sharpie and I tuned into the Paley Center uh-huh. uh, thing last Friday, and they talked about wanting to actually tone down just a tad. The oh yeah, yeah, the little one. From the original one, but I feel like this little, oh yeah, is, yeah, you know, is an homage, I, I just agree. a tiny homage to that scene in the other bar where she's like, well, yeah, the little one, well, I mean, he wasn't circumcised. I agree. I feel like this is a tiny throwback to that. Yeah. Where just she, in that. And this, I have a point, good. I have a point here to Where this, Shep that, comes in and then busts ass. Yeah. And then, I think the other throwback or slight connection is we have a police chief who's not a woman, but his wife is pregnant, mm-hmm. versus Marge, who is pregnant, whose husband has this mundane duck painting thing, and she has this must mundane, I don't know, I mean, should we do uh, Snow White or job? Eggshell? Or, That's you know interesting. I mean? this, it's, it's a really dull painting thing. It's not the duck stamp crap. Right. But, so we're talking about the death thing, and Hess dies, yeah. Big whoop. Douche canoe, right? Mm-hmm. The wife dies because... Which we Yeah, we talked about how amazing visually that is because she gets just the just, just the, that ball-peen conk, right? Yeah. <laughs> right on the crown. Just and you know, right they the, both, both the Sam Hess and her have that moment where you're actually, I mean, like even when he's <laughs> he's banging the hooker, you're, I didn't expect <laughs> him to die right there while he's, you know, getting his rocks off. It's, it's, it's cleverly shot because we don't even see... Lauren sneak up on him. No, nope. I mean we don't. We just we don't you ever see the. Yeah, it's yeah the gir- the blood and the gurgle. I happens, thought maybe but, he just had a salami sandwich yeah. <laughs> prior to that. You know he's getting all science teacher. You know and you turn on the thing and. <laughs> oh. So, but the, the wifey ones die warm. They say. everything happens, and holy shit! There's a little foreshadowing though, in my opinion, yeah. on the you'd make a good chief someday. Well, what about you know what's his face? He's got seniority. That right. I, I heard that and I thought because we know how that's oh, going to go shit down. you're yep. gonna die right exactly I didn't know true how. true I didn't know how it also puts yeah it, it's also gonna bring that character um into focus as as the Marge the Marge mm-hmm. Molly Solverson yeah M- Molly Molly Solverson and by the way her her dad Lou is a great I like uh, Carradine is a great He's, addition to the show. Is it fair to call Keith Carradine a? I, I think it's fair to call him a character actor. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's, you know I mean? he's kind of he's got he's he's a, he can be a leading man too, but he's he's got gravitas. He was good mm-hmm. as uh, Lundy on uh, Dexter. I haven't seen that show. Oh, you haven't? He's, no, he's good no. on he's good on that okay. show. Um, he's good on tons of shows. 
And yeah, you're right. He and he kind of he does a really good job of nailing the Midwest dad mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, know, like he like, tries to like, sort of like, coax her into you know, there's always a job for you at, every, the, at the diner. There's yeah. always a job for you or every father who just wants the best for his daughter. Yeah. Whereas you go to the other side of that and the Hess kids are just like <laughs> asshole extraordinaires. <laughs> right. right. I also love that he uh, he specifically mentioned the, the tuna sandwiches and how those were for the fish. Um, I thought that was some pretty interesting writing because uh, what he had like tuna sandwiches and then something else. And yeah. the tuna was, was for the fish. Well... It's so typical of the Midwest to, you know, only consider walleye the edible fish. Maybe salmon, <laughs> yes. like if you're if you if you want to go crazy, but because it's not white. <laughs> but uh, you well, know, you get the, some crappies. Yeah, some crappies, maybe <laughs> some sunnies. Um, yeah, but I I loved that because you know typically a lot of a lot of times when you come across the the diet of the Midwestern, it's it doesn't contain as as it shouldn't a lot of you know exotic if you will fish as if tuna is exotic but right i thought that was interesting so the chief dies though right he and and i thought the performance from that that actor Sean Doyle is his name Vern played Vern Thurman mm-hmm. and i thought he was he was tremendous in the in in his scenes he really i I'd, I'd never seen this guy in anything before he was super unassuming about what he was doing, but it still it still held this kind of weight of yeah taking it day by day, mm-hmm. not eh, not worrying too much about it. Also, mm-hmm. same a little bit of a throwback too to the scene examining a car and the you know there was a lot yep. of parallels. I I yes. think I think this episode is where those major parallels are gonna end though. You think so? I mean, the that's major speculation. Ones, yeah, that's my speculation is that we're not gonna like see a scene where we're like. Damn, that's from Fargo. There's the there's the car in the ditch with the two people going. Yeah, the, 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 uh-huh. then we got this execution style thing over here where they're like going, oh, in the trunk, and then we walk out, and then I guess he ran here and died. Yeah. I agree. You yeah, know? the torch and, has been the the transitions have been made. The torch has been sort of handed off, and at least let me we're let me about to go. I hope. I think I there hope might they be keep a the few. funny things and yeah, the other the stuff, fun- but but these things are to me are like really like two pregnant people, right? Two two cars in a snowy white ditch. Granted, that probably yeah. isn't odd around here. But I mean, like like but all two, the list two of things kind we've of, talked about. Yeah, hen. You know, there's gonna be hen two milk toast. Got you know guys who are stuck in these terrible jobs. And yeah, the two the 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 dual henchman. Yeah, is gonna come back into play. Well, yeah. and then I, I guess I'm not completely positive how the key and peel, right, are gonna come in. I am. I'm excited about those guys as well. <laughs> if you don't watch Key and Peele, that is something you should check okay, out. Okay, I'll have to do that. Yeah, I, need, I have not. I have not seen. Do they? Do they have a series? Is it? Like yes, they have, they a, have show, a comedy have central a com- show called Key and Peele. Okay, okay, and uh, and it's fantastic. How did they? So how did they end up in on the Fargo show? Did you hear anything about that? Or I, you know, how, how I that? haven't even got around okay. to that. Okay, we're we're gonna definitely dive into that. Um, yeah. when they show up. But okay. it will be it's all it's interesting because they are like a duo and they come in and even star as a duo on a completely different, totally, you know, separate series from what yeah. they're used to doing. Anyone oh. concerned about how Lauren Malvo got out of the basement just for a tiny minute? He's a samurai, man. Is that what it is? He had like his ninja footy. I think he just turns into a snake and kinda of like slithers out. 
He's a shapeshifter, probably. That's my prediction. I'm just going to hold to the fact that he's a shapeshifter. I always like to imagine the 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 architecture of and 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 picture that maybe there was another another door out, like that there was a you know another exit, Hmm. like a storm cellar, maybe. Yeah, I thought he just did the window bit or or wind or out the window, yeah, yeah. egress window. Yeah, that people have. But he, but he's yeah, he's so he's so sneaky. He is so he is like a samurai. A samurai ninja that just kind of <laughs> with a shitty haircut can come. <laughs> yeah, his haircut's pretty good. He's too busy doing other stuff. He doesn't. <laughs> Lauren doesn't have time for good haircuts. All he's got time for is old crazy Lauren Melba. Right. <laughs> so, oh, and I forgot to mention that Tom Musgrave was at the event. Tom plays Bow Monk. The owner of the insurance agency that Beaumont uh, Insurance, BMI, Beaumont <laughs> yep, Insurance, Lester <laughs> yeah. works at, and I've I've found that not saying Lester's last name helps me not say, say Lester, Lester Freeman because I caught that. Yeah, you you You've, did you figure out why I was, I was saying because it? of the wire. Finally, right? I, like <laughs> I was, I went to bed at three thirty in the morning last night, and I got up at like six thirty this morning after three hours of sleep. It's easy to and do, I, and I'm standing there, and I thought, why do I keep saying that? It sounds like a dipshit. And right, then but, I realized one of my favorite shows of all time is The Wire. Lester Freeman. So, yeah. and you were just, yeah, I mean, you were, it was just the same guy, two parts of different names because yeah, it's, it's Mar- yeah. yeah, Martin Freeman. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I have watched The Wire all the way through uh, multiple times. Yeah. Multiple it's, times. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Omar coming. Okay. That's a whole different show. Anyway, I don't know what else, what else do we got? Do we, have, do we need to cover anything? I know what we need. We need a sponsor break, is what we, we probably need. Let's do it. So we already covered Fargo Brewing, rock and roll. So yep. you got beer. The other thing you need is swag. You need, good. You need swag. You got to look right. good. And that's where Tag comes in. So Tag is a local company that they bring together all sorts of great stuff. They have t-shirts and they have some mugs and other things for sale. But it is the intersection of fantastic graphic art and t-shirts and merchandise right here celebrating the true Fargo community with true Fargo swag. So mm-hmm. what you got to do is you got to go to FargoTalksFargo.com and click on one of our shows and follow the link there to TagFargo.com and mm-hmm. go there and check it out. I, I, they, they've got this, these two great shirts that I think you should check out. And you, you'll not only support Tag here in Fargo, but you'll support Fargo and the TV show Fargo all in one shirt. And they have like this shirt that came out. They had it. It was out before the TV show came back. It's kind of that. It looks like it's woven, knit. stitched, yeah. knit, and Fargo knit. thing. They've got that, and then they also have one with a, a the big, one. the big Fargo theater marquee. Yeah, marquee. those are both great ones. And if you do buy that, a portion of those proceeds, I believe, do go to the Fargo theater. That the the folks yeah. at Tag do that. They are flipping awesome. So if you want to help, if you like our show and you want more from us, go help. Go check these people out. So if you're in the region, even all you know, St. Cloud and all these places, go. Go check them out. So go to tagfargo.com, or if you can't remember, just go to fargotalksfargo.com, and you'll find them. Our thanks to Tag. Awesome. Couldn't do it without them. Mm-hmm. Until you, then, Tag. I just showed up to this shit without a shirt on, and it's gross. I'm pasty <laughs> and white and round <laughs> like a balloon. I'm in shape. Round is a shape. <laughs> round is funny. So next week... Um, next week. Who's yeah. gonna die? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta tell you, at the end of the the first episode, uh, 
ended up watching it just in the dark with my headphones on, like full blast on my laptop. I'm just like totally zeroed in. And the, you know, the, the, towards the end of the episode, the scene where, um, Molly Salverson is looking through the window of Lester's house at her partner being covered up on the stretcher. That like totally, I mean, that really hit me. That was pretty deep. She's got, she's looking through the window and she's got those like big, like facet hound eyes (laughs) that are just so sad. And that to me was just like, it, it, it brought out those feelings that were initially brought out in the original like the first three seasons of Breaking Bad, where it's just like, oh my God, this is so heavy. What if you were in this position? Like, she's such a like pure, you know, good soul, and her partner who was, you know, really kind just of totally mentoring her. Yeah, yes. mentoring her, but like they, I mean, they really went over the top to like prove how good of a guy he was because you know he's he's dealing with this pregnant wife who you know, is just going through color after color after color to paint the nursery. And all he is doing is, you know, he's doing nothing but, you know, obliged by her requests and even going from one white to another white to another white and just proving that he's just an amazing guy. And then he gets brought down and she's just looking through that window like a little puppy dog, just like, oh my God, my, my mentor, my master is gone. Like, what am I going to do? That, to me, was the, 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 the most powerful shot in the entire episode for myself. That's yeah, a good, good choice. I, I like that shot a lot, but I also like the shot that I currently paused on right now where she's just in, like, silhouette on the sidewalk, and the way the snow is framed, all you really kind of see at the top of the snow where she is is the two paint cans mm. yeah. just, like, dangling by her side like she's... She's just there with these just sad cans of paint, and mm-hmm. and, and his wife knows that right. that it's shit gone bad, mm-hmm. and that's pretty strong. I also think they did a really great job though with that um that arc in this one story piece of the story of I think laying the ground for um for her character to become a really subtle but strong character yeah. through the rest of the season. She's obviously. She's obviously smart. She's just not a she's she's the opposite of Lauren Malvo. She's not a huge know-it-all and has to like shove it in your face. She's just hey, I thought of something in and uh she's going to yeah, connect the dots, do her homework. Mm-hmm. She's going to be is, she's going to be And you know, actually you know what it is? Dogged. She's, she's very from parallel the with Marge. She's the Midwest yeah. though. She's she's not yeah. she's not like she's from that quiet. I'm not going to toot my own horn. I'm just going to do my work, do it well. And uh, if I'm if it works out, you know, well, that was my job, you know, just doing right. just doing my job. Um, so I, I think that's going to be great. So the other thing too is, uh, watching the we did have a link in the hot dish episode to the Paley Center thing. If you want to go watch the live chat that they had, um, on stage with I just call well called them Lester Freeman now, Martin Freeman and uh, Keith Carradine and Colin Hanks and Billy Bob Thornton and um. Allison Tolman and Noah Hawley and some TV exec guy who just filled a chair, in my opinion. No, was, <laughs> it, War- was it Warren Littlefield? I think it might have been. I mean, I know those people make the shit happen, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it, I, I really saw what uh, Colin Hanks talked about in the Paley show about his character. He, he, I he can't wait. Say it that yeah, way. He I, just he basically said, 
he's a piece of shit is <laughs> what he seemed to say and you and he's a pussy and but you really but, see it there but is he you, really but that's that's the thing i think i think that's just that's just it he's going to he's going to have an arc too he's going to realize that by by letting lauren go he made a mistake uh even if his life would have been in danger i think he's i think he's going to come roaring back and be a key a well, key I think, player well, i think he's going to hook up with uh, molly salverson and they're going to partner up they're gonna have some Is that sort, your, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna bank on that prediction it's gonna be i don't know if i'll bank on it but it's gonna be the closest we get to a csi midwest where one of them whips off their bomber hat <laughs> and then looks into the camera lens uh-huh. in a pretty studly way well we know he has a daughter we know he yes. has a mm-hmm. he has a daughter at home but and uh, colin hanks also talks so i'm just regurgitating something here okay. in case you go listen so perhaps to it, he's that, a single dad that it's a right. it's just a looking bri- for some i think it's a I think it's a great thing with these types of shows too that they're doing these things where Colin Hanks, he's not he's not some schmuck. He's he's a good actor who's been in a lot of like, a lot of really great indie stuff and they don't even introduce the dude until the yep. end of the show and he commented at Paley that there's so many shows where they're like, "Oh, it's the pilot, here's the cast. We got to figure out how to get them all introduced in the first 15 minutes." Yep. Like emergency room Grey's yeah. Anatomy style. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you tell I don't like Grey's Anatomy? I've brought it up twice on the show, and I every time I see a commercial for it, I think, "How the hell is that still on the air? Like, <laughs> who is watching this?" Next thing you know, you're going to tell me The Bachelor's still a thing. It's paid for by the record companies, who just like like half the like 30 minutes of the show is just songs Music. blaring. That shit sells. <laughs> but it brought so, us Kate Walsh. That's true. The- Which, <laughs> hey, like I said, this is I'm I'm. I'm I'm put I'm putting a little hope and a dream in this. She's going to be great in this, and she can but, put but private the, practice behind her. But you know what? I mean, <laughs> even though she's a she's a bigger name, is she gonna is she gonna reappear? Do you think Mrs. Hess is going to be back? I don't know. That's kind of what I was wondering as well. Is that it seems like a little bit of a minor character. Um, it can might we, have just been a draw. You yeah. know, I. Can we do some? Let's do some guessing on before we wrap this up. Let's do some guessing. Or okay. I want to who do dead a guess. next. So on, yeah. <laughs> this right. week on who here's, dead next? Here's, here's my crazy guess. Comes back to the scene we all want to see. Who's getting shoved in the ice hole? Right. I'm yeah. convinced that the stupidity of that scene is that the two brothers that are fighting eventually say, "Wait, what are we fighting about?" Turns out all the money goes to mom, and mom's. Doesn't mom doesn't even respect dad because all they do those kids do is look up to dad. So they're like, "Eff it, we're off and mom, and we're gonna shove her in this ice hole." And they're too stupid. No, no, to no, no, no. We've seen the we've seen the person's face that goes in the ice hole, and they haven't. Ed? Yeah, they're in. The, it's in the trailers. Oh, it's a and dude, it's not, and it's not a good looking Kate Walsh, is it? No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's not. Uh, I'll look it up, but we've well, seen the face. Well, there I got it. You've, you've pieced together enough stuff from the different promo shots and trailers, yep. to okay, know okay. a few things. Do you think it's the brothers doing that though? Because it seems like know. an idiot enough venture that they're. They the are. They well, are. I guess we have two other. We have. I don't know, but we have that, all these I other was, people coming in. We got. Yeah. Ah, we got. There's too much. Maybe not. So, I was so okay, just let's just do it. Let's pick okay. one person. Who's dead next? Who dead next? Greg. Um, well, the I think um, you know Lester's brother. <laughs> it seems like a good candidate the the ham the ham massager mm-hmm. um because he has that arsenal he has that huge arsenal of weaponry including mm-hmm. this illegal 
machine gun, air-cooled machine gun mm-hmm. that that Lester drops and breaks, and it just seems like you know all that all that hardware is going to come back to haunt him in his house. That could be true. I mean, that was an interesting scene, especially a machine gun that just like shatters on impact. <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, think the next dead person is going to be from Bemidji. I think you're right about that. Yeah, that's. I, I would agree. I think, I think with, Lester's got. Well, too we're much in Duluth right have now. Too much too. heat on him. That's what I'm saying. Lester's got too much heat on him. I think it's going to be somebody random that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, so yeah, but, so yeah, but you have you to. In Who Dead Next, you have to like predict somebody that we know of right now. Like, oh. who of we know is dead next? Yeah, so who it wouldn't necessarily next? be I'm the gonna, next. Gonna, you can't yeah, just say somebody we don't one. know. Yeah. That's I'm like casting, 50% I'm casting shot. my vote for characters that we've been introduced to, who dead next. Yep. I'm going with Lester's brother as well. Okay. Okay, so we've got <laughs> two votes. I think, I think for Greg Lester's is brother. spot on that he's going to die i mean we know that option. lester's hit him already and now I wish they would have shown he's it. on this rampage see how well he punched he's on a rampage yeah. and he's in town maybe he wants to knock one off before he like has to boogie that's a good call um i don't want to go with that just because uh you two guys did um let me go because then we then we look really we'd look really bad if yeah. all three of us picked that and then it doesn't happen yeah. yeah so let's try to like spread out our odds here um hmm. i'm gonna go with ah fuck it i'm gonna go with uh kate walsh mrs hess oh, mrs hess she's gonna be gone it's gonna the be hess like whoop, gone start start going down all right well, there I you don't. Have it, I I'm think, not like right? entirely confident in that. I'd rather see the uh, the boys get off because <laughs> I the younger one especially is incredibly annoying. I think the the whole you know repeating what your brother just said is cute, like for one line, but then like continuing that throughout the rest of the show was really annoying. I want him dead. <laughs> okay, so there you have it. That's it. We're we're gonna let's wrap it up with that. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's wrap it up with I mean, like, me else, wanting else, two kids dead. You thank want you. A kid dead. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't. So want... uh, we got to thank Greg for coming on the show. Thanks, yeah, thanks, man. A great time. Thanks it was so fun much, to, uh, to dig deep, dig deep in this new. So do, you, do you have anything coming up? You need a plug? No, I don't Classes think so. At I... Concordia, <laughs> that you're teaching or any is. People no, are going to be signing up soon for the next fall semester. Well, the you know, the, the the Fargo Film Festival um, is now open for submissions for 2015. Okay, where do people go to so do that? Without a box. Some... They, well, they just go to the FargoFilmFestival.org or go. .com. It's either one. We'll take you there. And uh, and our season, our festival season now is kind of a year-round thing. So we're we, even though we just had the 2014 festival, which was great, we're, and we had like more than 300 entries, now we're we're coming back and so we're open for business well there you go check that mm-hmm. out if you're not going to concordia or even if you <laughs> are student, and if you yeah. are you can do it everyone do it yeah so sharpie hey now hot dish word of the week we're gonna we're gonna get some midwestern stuff in here so mm-hmm. i'm gonna make a hot dish for next week uh for the hot dish and maybe for the actual show yeah so hey as always uh if you like the show Please, and you're doing it through iTunes, go in there, give us a rating if you feel like it, or even give us a review. And if you think it sucks, that's a great place to say it too. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fargo Talks Fargo and on the Twitters at Fargo Talks Fargo. That's right. And we have a website. Guess what it is? It's FargoTalksFargo.com. Fargo so head out there, subscribe, get your friends listening, 
we wanna we wanna make this a great season. We're really excited to be doing this, and we I can't be more stoked to have uh, an actual episode in the can. This is gonna fun. be a blast. Uh, so. You can follow Bill Lempy on Twitter now. There you go at Lempy at Lempy L E M P E. Yeah, and me Sharpie C H A R P. <laughs> look at we're teaching look at us all grows up spelling and stuff oh. so we're trying to sync ourselves over skype yeah it's not That's working <laughs> terrible it works for me but uh thanks again to greg thanks again to Thank our sponsors thanks, greg. and uh we'll talk to you guys next week have a good one sharpie all right we'll see you